Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco is located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the It's 2 o'clock. It's time you're tuned in to Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, and this show is called Some Call Me Tim. Oh, Timothy. I finally mastered the timing on the beginning of that song with the trippy music. I'm so excited to have a trippy guest with me here today, Scatto of Flat Black Plastic. Saturdays here from noon to two. Best show on the station, bar none. One of the most interesting guys I know. Hey, Scott, how you doing? Yeah, sure, that one will work. I'm doing really well, and I am confident that there are shows better than mine. (laughs) It's not true. But that cannot compare themselves to mine. Right. Well, I mean, it's... It's Have like a good a, time all the time. All the time. You sound like uh, uh, the guy don't with have, cilantro. We don't have brown shoes. Do you, can you wear black? What? We don't have that size. Is this, well, black, flat black plastic is the name of the game. Which I brought. Which you brought some flat black plastic. Fantastic. Small pieces of flat black plastic. Very nice. Fantastic. Oh, <laughs> that's, I don't even... That, that name was actually given to me from karaoke, which is strange. So, before we had some hot discussions, before we turned on the mics even, because today I promoted you on the Facebook with a picture of Bill Cosby. Now, why would I do that? Uh, you, did, you didn't even know that I, I met him. I didn't even know that you had met him. I was just using... And shook fucking hands. You shook hands with him. I have, I'm a big, big... Cosby fan. Now, the reason I chose this is that I always do a thing about, like, does God exist, or do you believe in God, or what do you believe in, as the crux of the show. Some call me Tim. It's about what the things that you believe in. So I put up Bill Cosby because of this weird meme I found where he's looking old and kind of from his hot days, like his Huxtable days, and it says, if God exists, what what does beepity boppity zoo bop in the flippity flappity zippo chop? It should say, if cause exists. Right. <laughs> Well, I love Bill Cosby. So then you said, oh, you've met him. You shook hands with him. You said Bing Crosby. Oh, Bing Crosby. <laughs> right. That's a that's a different... Whom I've never met. No, I didn't. But I, I've always loved Bill Cosby. And I still, um, I don't agree with the sexual assault or rape charges that have been levied against him. Because I think that it's prostitution that he performed. And well, and someone not, said that's the the basic difference between real life and pornography is if you shoot someone, if you film or digitally image someone having sex with you, it's not pornography. But then if you pay them, it is. Well, it's not prostitution. It's the only time that you can have a prostitute. It's That's really funny because prostitution is illegal until you film it. And then it's legal, right? Because you get paid as a prostitute to have sex. That's illegal. But do you but have if to you do it on film, film it? right? But if you do it on film, then it's legal. Whereas the opposite way, if you except in Nevada, except in Nevada and Anchorage. <laughs> but the point being that there's it's very strange prostitution versus whatever the legality is versus you know pornography. And I 
don't have a problem with prostitution. I feel like it's a way women are making money anyway. And men. And men. But my problem. For five years. Right. Good point. Uh, But my problem is that it's another job that is where a woman is a dependent or a man. But if you're a housewife, you can be the best housewife ever in the history of ever, and you have no social security. You could be the best sex worker that ever sex worked, and you have no social security. You have no benefits. You have no ability to get. You have to, you know, health. There's no health care. There's no. There's no survival possibility of future. There's no social security. Unless you're working at Lusty Lady where it's worker owned. Right. Well, and that's a sex worker in a different way of being like a stripper. And that's fine. Or being you're not a, a dancer. other people's shit in your body. Sure. But but that's a way that people are Stuff. making money and, and not being adequately compensated. And it's just kind of, I feel like it's a feminism issue. <laughs> but the reason unless I Unless you're a dude. Unless you're a dude. Well... <laughs> But I if you're a guy, this down too hard, but no, I but just know. if you're a gay sex worker, or I mean, I guess there are sex workers that gay meaning dyke or gay meaning well, all the ways. I'm not men. sure, but like when I think of poor little dudes that need to suck dick on the street for crack, I think of them actually being like these sort of straight, closeted, forty-year-old weirdos in suits that come down. Who knows? Here's the thing. It's a whole seedy underbelly. I don't get it, but I wish no that it was... No pun intended. <laughs> I'm so smart sometimes I don't Seed. even know it. Seedy underbelly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but anyways, I believe in like legalizing things. Get them out in the open. Make them safe. Provide people a way that, I mean, where they can be a good American and be taxed for their work. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was thinking about that just the other day when I was walking down the street, totally drunk, thinking, oh, there's a cop. When I'm sober, I'm happy to see a cop. But now that I'm totally fucked up, I'm scared that... But you paid your taxes. You were drinking at a bar. You were drinking at a bar that paid their ABC license. They paid to buy the alcohol from a distributor. They paid tax on that. And they paid for their license. You were doing it right you're a good american if you want to drink you know in a public place then you did it with responsibility and you're getting yourself home because you paid your taxes to imbibe your whatever and it's the same thing like when you go to the store you know you buy your your beer and you take it home but then you you have to have people over or you just don't get the joy of being around you know people it's like you're it's a different kind of joy right i mean oh, i never okay i'm not gonna say i never drink alone but i rare, rarely Rarely. And the only time I do, it's like when I'm starting a day where I know I'm going to be doing a long day of day drinking and I want to have like some whiskey <laughs> in my coffee or something. Because it's You're like I'm having, well, yeah, but I'm having whiskey to start my day with the coffee. It's going to kind of make me more awake and then I'm going to go out. But I don't usually. Are you, you ever, you ever drink alone? Uh, for two years, I have taken the stance of not having liquor or uh, I think just op- open liquor containers in my house. Good for you. And it changed the way I drank wow. drastically because I drank a fuckload more wine. Oh, okay. Because you just drink the bottle and then it's, that's it. It's gone. You yeah. don't get to save it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'll, I'll do weird cheating shit where I'll put an unopened bottle on my patio. So that's not in my house. 
<laughs> That's rad. <laughs> we well no 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 these are good drinking rules. I'm into this. This is something you believe drinking in. Is, rules. No 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 you believe in this and this works for the show. I you tell me yours I'll tell you mine. So no no alcohol open alcohol bottles in the house. You cannot have for our or lay in listener. The or in the state. Well, actually, there's a bottle of wine over there, actually, that someone left here, if you want to get on that. Um, it was not me. I wasn't brought. The, and we are locked. We are not open to the public right now, everybody. So I know my... Yeah, I'm so scared. Okay, so your first alcohol rule is no... So you can't save any. You can't buy... You can't go to Costco and buy a big bottle of whiskey because you cannot have it. But w- sometimes you put it on the porch... But that's like if you want to finish a bottle of wine, but you don't. Maybe you open the second bottle of wine, and you don't want the whole no, thing. No, no, I'll put the liquor on the porch. I can drink wine in my oh. house. Cider and right. wine in the house are good. Okay, all right, all liquor right. Liquor in the house is bad. Bad. Okay, so that's your first rule. Another rule? Uh, I don't... Only big-bottomed. <laughs> Wait, not kidding. That's from our last one, interview. One of the, the, one of the things that made me cause to act in this way is that when they had the self-checkout at Safeway, I went to Safeway so fucked up that I bought a 1.75 liter of vodka at the self-checkout. But you can't. They don't let you. They did at one time. Oh. And I believe I'm the reason they You're the reason that. they made you stop. Wow. And I would get home and I would look at the receipt and go, oh shit. I didn't pay for this. Oh. And... I thought, well, you know, they have security cameras. They have to know. And then they locked up all the shit. Oh, by the way, over on uh, Bryant yeah. and 18th, uh-huh. the big uh, trash truck is picking up all the homeless people. Oh, no. They're tearing that entire block down. That's right. That's um, the old cell space. They finally sold yeah. everything. You know, the, the reason that that all started, and I really think that it was a ploy to get the first guy out um i had a, a buddy who used to uh grow at cell space uh it was no it was next door to cell space actually it was called earworm studios uh and they barry. got yeah he got ratted I out barry yeah i knew barry too he's, he did five years in he, fucking prison i know i know and now he's back and it's great poor dude i used to babysit his son he's really anyways so he got i think that he got framed because they wanted him out of that fucking building because he was the first one. Once they got him out, then they got Tortilla Flats out next door. And then they got then they had to fight cell space. And the people next to him were like, yeah, we don't give a fuck. So they got, I think, the very, and I think it's conspiracy theory, I think that he was the first key to unlock that block. Because they knew once they got him, so I think they really put pressure on him because someone knew something or did whatever. Because someone with money wanted to make some motherfucking money. And so they threw human beings under the bus, namely Barry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I 100% believe that. And people think I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist, but I'm like, I believe that big business is at work. I think that the arsons in the mission are completely orchestrated by people that have ability to make much more money there in the real estate industry. Do you, you you've I mean, seen, you've seen those stencils on the, on the sidewalk that say, save a landlord, but burn a building. Yeah, save a land. <laughs> well, I've got the t-shirt from um, Subliminal SF that says, I, apartment fire SF. And on the back is all, there's a list of the apartment fires that happened in the mission. And there were so many that Mikey couldn't include them all on the back. He had to like edit <laughs> how many apartment fires were happening in this area that are now, and you can look at all the big, new, beautiful, shiny buildings that cost a million dollars for an 800 square foot apartment 
or for a thousand square foot apartment. It's 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 tough to live here for most of your life and watch stuff like that happen, and 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 feel like you have no control. They they send stuff to me in the mail saying if you want to go downtown and yeah, tell argue us with this, bad. what am I what am I gonna say? Um, I used to have fun in that building. I used to buy sandwiches from there. <laughs> yeah, right. What are they going to do? Well, there used to be a family that made great sandwiches. Or, you know, it's like they just don't care anymore about what... Well, I think it's the wave of the future. We've just convinced too many people that status symbols are everything and that money is money is worth. And, and we've just convinced everyone. So now we're screwed. I mean, it's hard to be, you know, unique and live a life of authenticity and... We know what you can. I know you consider yourself to be a very responsible person, and I consider you a responsible person as well. And I also know that we both consume a great deal of alcohol, and it doesn't necessarily make us irresponsible people. We've just made choices. Wait, but we've made choices so that it's not a problem. Do you have any kids? Not that I know of. Neither do I. Right there, step number one. You like to drink. I love to drink. We like to drink. We both love to drink. So we've made choices in our life. I also love to smoke pot. We've made choices in our life to make this okay. Right now, I am at work, but I'm not in a cubicle. I'm doing what I want. I'm expressing myself in a way with my good friend. We're talking about God and what we believe in. And I love alcohol. What? So what? I don't want to have kids. I don't want to save money forever and live in a big house. I want to have fun now. I want to hang out with people and get to know them and the trick is just not blocking out because I want the memories I want to keep the memories and the experiences I'm creating well it it comes down to existentialism Mm -hmm. you do what you want to do when you want to do it and if God was going to stop you (laughs) he probably would have he or she goddess may have stopped you before and and things have happened that way when I was being an irresponsible person and I was drinking and driving excessively and I finally got a DUI and flipped my I car three, three cars. times yeah I, I flipped my car three <laughs> times in a field in in uh, Santa Maria County and it was a it was a wake up call to never drive again like it was so easy to me and people are like but not so, never to drink again. right people were like so are you going to stop drinking or what are you going to do and I was like well <laughs> never, if I have to choose between the car or the booze I'm, I'll take the booze I'm going What's more fun? I moved to San Francisco specifically because it was a city where I... Me too. Oh, that's what we're like, the same person. This is so great. I moved here because I couldn't drive. I was in San Diego and every it was a car economy. And I was in LA. I had to drive everywhere. You had to drive to your bar. We drove 15 miles to our favorite bar. Jesus Christ. You had to drive to work. You had to drive to your bar. You had to drive to your friend's house. Everything was far away. It was just drive to Costco. Drive, drive, drive. It was just a thing. And then all of a sudden I couldn't drive. And then there was no fucking bus. And I was like, what do I do? So I moved to San Francisco. Because I was like, okay, New York or San Francisco. And then I realized New York, it gets cold in the winter. And I just don't think I can do that. Only because I'm too lazy. In that rather than take my entire... I'd have to pack up half my wardrobe half the year. Like, the, the, It's so extreme weather-wise that you actually have to have like two wardrobes. And I didn't, I didn't have that, so I couldn't move to New York. So I just had to move to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I think one of the main reasons why I moved to the Mission District is because it seemed the most L.A.-like in SF. Sure, it's sunny all the time and people skateboard and stuff. You know, I fell in love yeah. with the city in the Tenderloin. 
And to me, that's one of the most beautiful neighborhoods in the city because it hasn't changed hardly at all. Right. Yeah. And you know? and its growth, I'm happy to say it's well beautiful some, and gross. Some well, it's growth though. Some oh, of it some up. of it some of it is gross and that it's like the test place okay, so this place opened up on Gary and Leavenworth and it's called Test. No, it's called the scullery. And they make toast. But the test is $7. It's like $7 for avocado toast. So it's a piece of toast with a little bit of butter and half an avocado on it. And it's $7. I'm not fucking There was just you. an article in Bon Appetit about avocado toast. What a on Gary Street. So there's those dick bags. And then on the other side of the street, uh, Men's Show opened, which is fine. It's real Japanese ramen and they make their own noodles. But it's like $18 ramen. Mm, it's a little pricey for my number one. But right now, across the street was my halal butcher, and he just bought the place across the street so that he's going to have a grocery store of awesome things that are Pakistani, and um, he's Muslim, but yeah, I think he's Pakistani. Anyways, and then his butcher will expand because he has this great, he's the best butcher, and it's halal, and you know, his goat for six ninety nine a pound. Anyways, I love this guy. So when he seeing him expand only makes me happy for San Francisco because it makes me think I like Gus's. Right, like Gus's. That's another, yes, excellent, awesome point. Family-owned, awesome thing. In Three the locations. And this one in the mission is popping. It's better than the Whole People Foods. People are leaving Whole Foods to work at Gus's. That's awesome. I heard that from a manager of Whole Foods. Their cheese section is amazing. Smoked mozzarella. They make these uh, samosas that rival, you know, some of my favorite Indian or Pakistani restaurants, and they're like... 234 a piece. I mean, you weigh it, but it's they're so good. Their samosas are really good. And do you want to buy that shit from a food cart? It's twice as much. Yeah, absolutely. Their sandwiches are really And they have really no great. fucking rent. They food have no rent. Food carts are pain in the ass. Yeah, well, food carts are... You know, I got theories about those too because like $14 for a burrito, like why wouldn't I get my eight ninety five burrito a just like I always A burrito do. or a Korean burrito? Well, I actually <laughs> like the Senior Sisig. I like the Filipino burrito because they put fries in it. They put French fries in it. I always go to uh, nice. get my falafel and have the uh, eggplant and French fries in there. And it's weird because some places call it, it's, it's kind of like super and deluxe burritos. If you don't know the, if you're not, if you don't remember the place you are and the term you have to use, you go, can I get a, a d- deluxe falafel? Oh, and they go, well, what do you mean? You mean super falafel? Yeah, like say, I say, super falafel. Can, what if I want to order a super deluxe falafel? <laughs> what, what the fuck will be in that shit? Ah, baba ganoush, <laughs> baba ganoush. Uh, flying falafel on 6th and Market is also awesome. They make their own pita bread every day. Also, uh, J- J- Jerusalem. Oh, on Mission. Six mm-hmm, and Mission. Mm-hmm. Where Cesar Chavez meets Mission. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't eaten theirs yet, and I need to do that. And also go to the Dover after you buy something there. Oh, of course. Because Elvis is is the king there. Well, and they open at 6 a.m., so they're awesome. No, they don't. They don't? They open at 2. Oh, okay. You're thinking of Clooney's. I'm thinking of Clooney's, which is right near there. But they have this amazing (laughs) barbecue pop-up there. Oh, you know, you're the you eat at all the. What's your What's your favorite bar in the city? That's a dumb question. I should know the answer, but I'm not sure. 
What's your favorite child out of your five children? (laughs) Okay, so your top five. The the mean the first bar I ever went to? No. Because that has to be your favorite? No, no, I don't think the first bar you go to has to be your favorite. I'm 86 from the first bar I ever went to. You have to say what's your favorite 2 p.m. bar? Okay, so what are your favorite top five bars, and for their own individual reasons, why are they number one? See, that's the thing. So you're basically saying you have many number ones, because the number one one that opens up at two is... 500 Club. No, no, they open at 11, sorry. Yeah, they open early, early, yeah. Because I used to get... Well, no, we get Dollar Tacos. They used to there. open at six. They open at six Ooh. on Saturday and Sundays now. Ooh, cool. Not wow. cool. Not cool. It's you, fun. It's... It's fun until you go there at 6 and have to do a radio show oh, at noon. Oh, right, 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 right. See, now, that would be like old school San Francisco for me. If I had a friend visit from out of tenderloin, town. Tenderloin. All those tenderloin bars are open I, at well, I know. There's Geary Club. But it would be more fun to come to, like, down here. Take a friend to the 500 Club on a Saturday at 6. The only time I'd ever do that again, honestly, is if I had a friend visiting and I was trying to show them. I was like, all right, we're going to day drink like the good old days. We're going to do it. We're going to someday bathrobe drinking day this shit on a Saturday. <laughs> Yesterday, I was at Pops at 24th in York at 8.30 a.m. Wow. And it was so calm and serene. There was a beautiful basset hound that rolled over on his back so I could scratch his belly. Who else was in the bar at 8.30 in the morning? The Irish bartender who said, oh, you just go over to St. Francis and tell them the food you want and they'll bring it over here. Oh, that's insane. That's like Edinburgh Castle and that fish and chips place. Yeah, exactly. Which is now called KFC Korean Fried Chicken. Really? Yeah. it's They still do fish and chips, but they're they're really good actually now their Korean fried chicken is like super crispy and thin and awesome Just that sweet. place was an institution yeah I, I know, remember going there but even before I moved here At, to Edinburgh Castle no to that fish and oh, chips place oh right 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 yeah. just cause it was dirt cheap mm-hmm. and my friend lived around the block whose rent cost $135 an hour an hour no, I'm, a, a month. A month. But he lived <laughs> in a walk-in closet. <laughs> an hour? $135 an hour. That's like prostitute. Uh, that's prostitute stuff. Welcome did to we, Bangkok. Welcome to... We, did we ever work out our Bill Cosby issues? We did. So, and we still haven't finished your favorite your favorite babies in the, in, the, in, the, in the city. Your favorite baby bars. I have to say, Zeitgeist holds a certain position in my heart. Sure, sure, fair enough. Because 25, 30 years ago, it was a dangerous bar. Dangerous, like stab you in the heart dangerous? Steal your bike dangerous? Like, what kind of dangerous? Yeah, and also, they are putting in a brewery there right now. Are they really in the backyard? It's going to be twice as big. They're taking over the section next to it. Are they good for them? Wow, they are going to make some money. When when my friend Andrew French worked at Southern Pacific, right, four or five blocks from here, yeah, 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 I drank there almost every other day. Really, but when he left, I just said, "I'm done with it." Huh? I've never, I've never been inside because I've never like been invited. I've never, I've never had people that have said, "Hey, meet me at Southern Pacific." That's because you know the right people. 
Oh, I just, <laughs> no one's ever been like, meet me in Southern Pacific. I've just never been inside. I've never been there. I've never drank there. I just don't. But that block is sort of dead to me now. I'm not allowed. I'm 86th from the homestead. So they won't serve me there. I never liked Homestead. I'm sorry to anyone who works there or is involved no, there, in that. And it's, I feel like everybody's nice people, but I got 86, so I'm I'm the annoying one. It's okay. I realize that happens sometimes at bars when like I have nostalgia you're just not for, right for their clientele. I have n- nostalgia for lower hate bars. Oh, I love um, Knock Knock. Knock Knock? They are, and the, NOC, a, NOC. NOC, NOC, absolutely. They're great. And, the, and they're... Molotovs. Molotovs is awesome, yeah. They've Molotovs always... makes me feel like I'm in Manhattan. Sure, yeah. Lower East Side Manhattan. Yeah, I like Molotovs quite a bit. I actually um, went to Molotovs years ago with my, my friend Lucas, and we left Benders. And I was proud that... He was proud of me that night because I, I got in the cab and I said, of course I have money to pay you, kind sir, but would you accept Valium as payment? And he was like, hey! Yeah, so I gave my I, the Lower East Side Manhattan. I gave the uh, the cab driver uh, Valium, and I was like getting high five for my friend. So that was good. high fives. Yeah, because I was like, look at that. Uh, anyway, so bars, back to bars. Oh, let me tell you one of my rules. You told me the rule: you can't drink have the alcohol inside the house, but sometimes you put it on the porch. I've got my whiskey after dark rule. I'm not allowed to drink whiskey after dark. Sometimes I break that rule. That's bad. Any liquor or just whiskey? Part two of that rule is I'm not, I'm not allowed to take shots ever. So I can take alcohol and pour it into water. I cannot take a shot. I can I can take a shot and I can pour it into water and I can drink that drink. I can drink that drink as fast as I want, but I cannot just take a shot. I'm not allowed to do that. But I'm Ever sp- or after ever, dark? Ever, But whiskey specifically after dark. So... I would if someone you lets, have to draw a map of this shit. I know it gets it gets pretty. <laughs> but the interesting thing is that they say that people are. I don't feel like I, I'm an alcoholic. I make jokes about it. I if think you that, drink every day, you're a fucking alcoholic. Really? Yes. I don't think that's true. Ask a doctor. <laughs> <clears throat> if you not, drink every day, I play one on TV. I'm not a doctor. I don't think so. I sometimes take days off. When I'm, if you smoke every day, you're a nicotine addict. I, well, I don't buy them. You see, you don't buy. I cigarettes? don't buy cigarettes. Therefore, I'm not addicted because I always have to bum them off other people. So I don't buy them. So it, and I sometimes share them. I know I've got all of these rules to justify. It's the same. It's the same thing about them. I chose booze over cars. I choose. You know, I don't know, but. I still, but I, so you think, you feel like you're an alcoholic? You feel like, I believe that I'm an alcoholic. That's like a thing you think? I don't feel like I have to go to meetings and tell other people my fucked up shit. Right. But I don't feel that there will be a point where I won't, God, I'm so high, (laughs) that I won't have to do that. I'm not looking forward to it. But I'm hoping it doesn't happen, but I can't say it's not going to. What, that you have to stop drinking? I don't ever want to stop drinking. I don't, no, I don't the, foresee a time when I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm not going to drink anymore. I mean, I guess it would have to be, they'd have to say, if you don't stop drinking, your kidney's going to explode. And I'd be like, well, then I won't be drinking. I'll drink a lot of Welcome to breaking your fucking leg. Oh, is that what they, <laughs> did they say that? If you, That's you, the longest I've been sober in the past 30 years. Wow. 
And it was not bad. Yeah, I mean... I mean, other than the fact that I had a fucking broken leg. Right, in multiple places and ouchy pins and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it did make me contemplate the existence of a supreme power because I broke my leg in front of the fire station. Wow. And I have no cell phone, and I just thought, if this had happened... If this had happened someplace else, I would be dead. Maybe, because you'd have to... Wow. Well, did you pass... Did you scream, or did you pass out right away when it happened? Did you... Do you remember? Do you, do you want the whole story? Well, I mean, why not? Have oh. you ever regaled it to us on the airwaves? No. I don't think so. No, but... I had bought a book called Chance about... It was a fictional book about random shit happening and coexisting and you know the whole subconsciousness and shit and I jumped off my skateboard and both the bones in my lower right leg poked out (gasps) of my skin but you always jump off your skateboard at the time you had had you always I mean you could jump I I jumped off a skateboard probably thousands and thousands of times before that sure and so I took the giant, big hardcover book I just bought and started trying to hammer the bones ah! into my leg. Ah! <laughs> and luckily at the fire station, God bless, uh, se- uh, I think it's called Station 7 over by, oh, Bender's is my favorite bar. Oh, okay, that's, good. Well, that's, yeah, I was hoping that was the answer. I forgot to say that. Yeah. And uh, all the fire people came out. Oh, because they heard the book slamming against the bones. I don't know if they heard the book, because that probably didn't make that much noise. But they saw some dude with bones popping out of his body. Oh, my God. uh, And they have an ambulance right there. They just put you on a stretcher and picked you right up. Yeah, but it it, it just made me think of chance and what randomness has to play in your life. Huh. Like, sometimes I'll be at the corner and I'll just say, if this bus comes, I'll go this way. And if this bus comes, I'll go the other way. I do that, too. I make choices like that. Like, I was supposed to go to a party the other night, and I left babysitting. And there were two buses. There was one, the 24, would go out to this party. And the other one was, like, the one, the California. And I'd be like, well, then I'll go home. And uh, I was like, whichever bus comes first... You roll the fucking dice. Yeah, and so the bus came that took me home, and I'm like, oh, okay, great. I feel that in conjunction with Buddhism relieves stress in your life. Sure, well, not that, yeah, it's not freaking out so much about the choices, just dealing with, I mean, I'm just thinking that there may be another power that is controlling you. Well, I hope it's a cat. I hope it's a big, beautiful basset hound. Oh yeah, <laughs> scratch its tummy. It's like get me some pancakes. That that dog looks so happy. Yeah. And the owner was just so happy. It's I mean, chilling out is very uh, misunderstood. I think, and I used to not chill out at all. I used to be a chilling very, out in in a non-drug way. Just in any way. Like, 
Being relaxed. Being relaxed. I used to be on like, oh, it's got to do, 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 do. Like even on vacation, I was just terrible. I was, but now I'm like just laying around with pretty stuff around you. That's nice. Like, it's just funny because I haven't been on vacation for a really long time. But when I do, it's, I'm just, I mean, it's just like my regular life. I just kind of think drink more, lay around more. Um, But then I feel like my own life is kind of like a vacation. I mean. A staycation. A staycation. Yeah. I'm still kind of doing what I want. So, I don't know. I listened to that Go-Go's record, Vacation, yesterday. Oh, yeah. Vacation, all I ever wanted. Vacation, time to get away. If I, if I could hug five people <laughs> right now, it would be the members of the Go-Go's. Oh, that's really sweet. Even though Belinda Carlisle is super ugly skinny now. Is she? Well, she was, uh, she did some Broadway stuff. She did? Yeah, absolutely. She was uh, in Greece and she was, yeah, Belinda Carlisle went on to do a lot of stuff on Broadway. Yeah. After Go-Go's. Way after, yeah. Okay. Like now and shit. You didn't know that. Yeah. She, uh, She's Broadway star. I mean, it's unlikely, but sure. Well, and she's the only one that went from like, you know, the Go Go's to like sort of a modicum of fame. The rest of them all kind of got shat on a little. Remember the, uh, Jane Wheatland? Jane Wheatland was that crazy rad. song with a guy from Sparks, Cool Spaces. And she actually was in a movie that was filmed here at Mutiny Radio about pinball machines, which was weird. Jane Wheatland was. Yeah, yeah. She's the person in the Go Go's. I would most want to hug yeah she's and i'm confused because there's a drumstick over there signed and it says jane wheatland on the drumstick probably hers yeah but she's not the drummer of the go-go's no maybe she maybe she signed it because it was the only thing that was here they were acting the whole thing was like this thing about can i take that drumstick sure okay (laughs) we have an oral agreement yeah absolutely you take the drumstick it doesn't walk there that i who knows where those all all the things that come from here like Oh, my God. So there was this great article about us because of the noise pop thing, and it was in the thing, in their blog, and they have pictures, and they put a picture of me, and I'm a vain human being, but I look so ugly. I'm so sad. The picture is mean? like my the picture of me that's in there at the very bottom is I it's not an attractive. Dude, don't picture. they have to okay that with you? Well, no, they took whatever pictures they wanted, and she posted. I'm fine. I mean, it doesn't matter. I you just, don't have to sign off on anything. No, but it was I, the, the, just the expression on my face. I just look. I don't look pretty, and that's okay. I'm not. I mean, it it would have been nicer if I would have had a pleasant look on my face. That's one thing I think sometimes when I'm alone in a bar is just look pleasant just look pleasant like if i don't know how to interact with anybody does that ever happen to you or do you just usually have your book or whatever i I feel that literature is the best way to relieve yourself from troublemaking co-drinkers ah (laughs) troublemaking co-drinkers so here's the picture so she took a picture of the alcohol of the outside and of the inside, so Zach Wiseman's painting. Who did those Lucha Libre paintings? Uh, those are Jeremy Talamantes' brother, and I don't know what his, I can't remember what his first Jeremy name Jeremy Cancer, Jeremy? Jeremy Talamantes, look at this. I've got this terrible Man. look on my face. I look like, I'm, I look stressed you out and look crying. Like, you almost look like a dude in drag. <laughs> I look stressed out and crying. I look like big and weird. I when look When people unhappy. take pictures of me playing records here, I always... Don't like. Look, 
I look I look like I'm crying. I look like I'm thinking or sad. I'm crying. It's not good. This is not good. Thinking or sad. <laughs> I'm thinking about something sad here. It's very, very sad. I don't, I'm not a good model. I think I was trying to give her sexy and I did not. Well, all of the text that she wrote is great. Thank you, Bailey McMillan. You guys can look that up. And everyone internets. come down to that 20th Street uh, noise pop live music festival because it's going to be fun. You I can think. also come down here and relax and see more live music. Yeah, and just and Wyatt Act is playing from New to Two, and I love them. My friend Guinevere, they're so weird. They're funny. You know, like bands that are funny, like they might be giants or. I don't know bands talking that, heads talking heads yeah band, <laughs> bands that make you like they're being ironic or funny and their their lyrics they're, they're they're going for humor I love it I love Weird Al Yankovic I know sometimes it's cheesy and campy they're they're more like in the talking head veins they're pretty artsy fartsy and they have really great horn player and saxophone player and is that what, what's the name of the band of Jared from Benders Jared from well, another body found is playing at one, and that's Jake who owns Jake, sorry, Jake, Jake and Jared. Shane of Counter Offer. Yeah. yeah, those guys are rad. Not only do they make great food, they're in another body found, and they're playing at one. And uh, they're fun. They're a little doomy metal. They're they kind of sound like doom metal meets Maynard, like Maynard meets a doom metal. What is band. Maynard? I don't know what that Maynard means. of Tool and of um, a Perfect Circle. Maynard. Which is why Jake is always wearing a Tool shirt. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> The, they've got a vocalist who has that Maynardy sound, and uh, then they've got some. It's like doom metal backed, and then Asada Messiah. They're metal, but they're funny. They're funny metal because their name's Asada Messiah, like Carne Asada Messiah, like isn't. It's, anyways, they're funny, so it should be a fun day. We're gonna have a good time. And hopefully the the, the sun will come out that day, which yeah. didn't happen today. Right, it's been weird. It comes. It seems to be coming out later, but I just don't even. It never came out today. But maybe like from four to five, <laughs> it will be perfect. Forecast for today: sunlight from four, from to, five four to five p.m. Yeah, that's. I don't know what's going on. I can't predict the what's happening in San Francisco with the global warming and all these changes in our environment. And that was weird and warm and rainy the other day. Yeah. Wait, I mean, you've lived here twenty-five, six, six years, twenty-six years. It used to be cold, right? It used to be foggy. No, that's the, why I moved here. The mission never was, though, right? The mission's always been sunny, but like, which is why I moved here, <laughs> right? But the, but the rest of the city, like, had a, was foggy and poopy, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Union Square, all that stuff downtown, all that. It just moved on through on the bay, and then now it's like all sunny and nice, yay! What's the worst? You've been here 26 years. What are the worst changes you've seen? What is, what's the worst stuff? Uh, other than just seeing garbage trucks pick up people. Oh, so that, that happened today. <laughs> <sighs> that, that was pretty fucked up. That, that whole situation's rough. And people have been occupying 19th Street, and they've been on um, Bryant between Mariposa and 17th for quite some time. There was a People were there for almost two weeks. But what they do is... They set up, people set up, and then they just kind of go for it as long as DPW lets them, and then they just take it all away. And it's hard because when they come, they go like, you got this, you got to get out of here. You got five minutes. And if they've been living there for two weeks, it's like near impossible to pack up everything in five minutes. Because they have things like... (laughs) 
couches. And if you have a tent, you don't really need a couch. Right. Well, the couch was collected from something else. So maybe they got to give that couch up. But take your tent down. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm. It's the weirdest thing I've seen ever happen here. I'm so blessed that I, I hate that word, blessed, blessed, but that I, I do live in a house and all my stuff is inside and my cat can live with me. And I know people that are questionably housed and this happens every, my buddy Maria, she was one of them that was sitting up there on Bryant, but then they moved him from Bryant and then they all moved up to 19th street. Then they moved from 19th street to Bryant in front of cell space. But now because they they're just, tearing that whole block they're down, tearing the so block they down. out, they can stay in a block on a block, I guess in a block. They just have to move every night. I mean, they could be there at night, but then they have to move because they're going to be working in the morning and destroying all that area. So it's one of those things where like you want to, I mean, I'm just trying to get into the mind of a person who lives in a tent. You want to find a place where you can stay for at least a week because then you can kind of set up and live there and have a home base and figure it out. Which is why you live in your car or your van. Right. Unless you've had a DUI and then you have no van or car. So then what's your last line of defense? One of the worst things and changes that I've seen happen in the city is that my friend who lived on 16th and Folsom, between 16th and 17th on Folsom, had the tires to her car slashed, all four tires, two times in two days. What? And then they booted her. (laughs) <laughs> no, no. She said, fuck this. I'm going to Oakland. Oh, wow. And the place that they found in Oakland was in a building that they looked at a year earlier and it was twice as expensive a year later. Oh, my God. Well, but having your tires, you having to replace your tires. Is more expensive than right. replacing like, a window. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think that there's insurance. It, does it covered by insurance? It's got to be. I don't know. Well, and why do you do that? Yeah, why would anybody slash all four of your tires? That is just so mean. That is awful. You slash one tire because you don't want them to drive away. Right, you slash all but four all just four to be mean. It's just like a triple fuck you. Right, right. Because you don't want them to get away. <laughs> but I mean, I, that's why I slashed tires as a child. Oh, because you didn't want your father to leave? Is that was that the that was leave the way it me, worked? Dad? Yeah, slash your tires. It's actually an ingenious way to do it. Smart. Yeah. Where's that sugar for my dad's gas tank? Oh, does that? That's really a thing too. In the banana and the tailpipe, all things, right? All bad things. I'm not gonna fall for the banana and the tailpipe. That's my Eddie Murphy impersonation. Oh, okay. Right, because that. I only reason I know that is from the movie Risky Biz, not Risky Business. Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. He puts the banana in the tailpipe. Yeah, yeah. That really does fuck things up, though, right? Well, I think any time you insert any sort of fruit into an automobile... (laughs) Something bad happens. Whether it's, you know, sugar in the gas tank or banana in the tailpipe, it's going to fuck shit up. What about a potato in the tailpipe? Not a fruit. Did I tell you the potato beach joke? No. still super high (laughs) I could repack my friend and me we went to the beach and all the ladies came up and talked to my friend and were into him and I was just thinking well why don't these ladies ever 
look at me that way. And so, when we took the bus back, he, I said, Man, why do all those ladies... Why do they always come up to you instead of me? He said, Man, you, you get a potato and you put that shit in your trunks. So you look like you have a oh, big dick. Oh, uh, it's a potato dick. That's that. Yeah. I told you it was a potato dick, but then listen. Yeah, I was waiting for the potato and I was confused. Okay. And and so the next week me and my friend went and I got a potato and I put it in my trunks and all the ladies looked at me and started screaming and running away. And I said, "Man, you you told me this is how to get the ladies." And he said, "Go." He said, Man, you got to put that shit in the front, not the back. <laughs> I stretched that out, no pun intended, longer than... Ah. I've, I've told it way shorter before, but it's a, a favorite joke of mine. That's very funny. There you go. Remember Black in uh, High Fidelity when uh, Jack Black made fun of John Cusack for having a Cosby sweater? Uh-huh, yeah. That is a Cosby sweater. I I, I love Cosby sweaters. Bad, bad that, 80s, also that, stripey. You could have a party of Cosby sweaters. You told me about your Danville Esprit days. Oh, I loved Esprit. <laughs> I loved it, yeah. But I think uh, that Cosby show was one of the first shows... That was a mainstream black culture show. Well, it was white culture with a black family, and that was weird. Or that was accepted, and that's good, I guess. He was a doctor. That's pretty white. Yeah. They made him a black doctor, and that's. but they were saying, hey, they're, black people can live white, too, which is true, because my ex-husband would grew up as a black, white person. Like, he grew up in Seal Beach and yeah he was one of four kids that were black that went to his high school but he was black but he grew up just like me like a bougie fucking you know kid thanks Huxtables what it, every once in a while they wore a dashiki or said something black but <laughs> it's a question of how much your environment is responsible for how you act and be as a person like I remember moving here in the 80s and people saying, when you go up on this side of 21st, you can't wear this color. Oh, right. Because the gangs here were so When insane. you go on the other side, you can't wear that color. And I had no identification with Chicano gangs. <laughs> right. Norteños and Sureños. Yeah. And... And it makes no sense because they're like the north side or the south side of a city, but it's really about Mexican-born and Californian-born. Meaning Norteños. what part of Mexico they're from? No, like Norteños. Well, actually, I think it even goes farther than that. Like Norteños or Norte Sudeños or Suertes are south. But that it's usually that you were born, if you were born in Mexico, then you're Sureño. And if you were born in the United States, you're a Norteño. Right. But then they started doing it in cities within the city. So it'd be like if you're on the south side of the city, you're this, and if you're on the north side, and you're like, but you were born here too. How do you re how do you identify with the Mexicans? Like, I mean, you're Mexican, yeah. But anyway, I get all confused. So you were also confused with colors. Yeah, and and also in the late '70s, I got 
bust to a black school. Where? In L.A. Oh, okay. And then went to a Catholic high school. Right. And... Another short story. Yeah, yeah. My parents said, because of the busing shit and how the Los Angeles Unified School District District is fucked up. Right. We want you to go to a private school. Oh, right, right. I know this one. And you looked it up and you found the one that didn't have uniforms and... There were no nuns. No, there were no uniforms, and you didn't have. To, and there were girls. There were girls there were and girls no uniforms. And no uniforms. Girls and no uniforms. Right. And you but did all the research, and you got to, to go to have Catholicism pushed down your throat sure, for four sure. years. And I know people have had it for their entire lives, so I can't imagine how horrible that is. Right. But I think it's a weird, weird, weird religion. It's. It has weird ritual that are specific and in another language that's difficult. Meaning Latin or Yeah, Spanish? Latin. It's Latin. It's stand up, stand down, stand up. I mean, mass is all about like up, pray, down. But you're, if you, especially if they do it in Latin, you are worshiping a deity that you don't even understand what you're saying to them. Do you know what I mean? Like you're, it, the concept of that alone, that you're somehow worshiping this thing that's supposed to have connection with you when you don't even have connection with what you're saying is first step insane to me. And then it's like when you do want to talk to the father or when you want to talk to God, you have to first go through a priest who's a person and you have to somehow absolve yourself to them first because it's not good enough, the connection that you have with whatever you think you have a connection with. So that there's this whole translation thing that happens in Catholicism between yourself as a being and whatever's up there as whatever you're thinking about or whatever concept, that there's this built-in translator who's a priest that you're supposed to trust and this language that you're not even understanding. It just, for me, that it's just all... Well, why is there 40 different versions of the Bible? Oh, right, yeah, yeah. You know, I've read... Different translations of foreign books and understood that if you interpret something. Yeah, for example, right now I'm reading Les Chaises by Ionesco en Francais. And when you read the English translation of the French text, there are certain parts that come across better in French because that was the language it was written in and it was meant to be. And when you translate it, no matter how close you are, you still miss, there's a je ne sais quoi when you're using, you know, the specific language. So the Bible was originally written in Aramaic and then it was translated into well, Greek. Well, people say Jesus was black. Right, sure. I would, why not? He was at least brown, dark brown, because that whole region is like brown people. It's just funny. It's the hubris of the people with money to be like, of course Jesus is white. But, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry that you had to do that for... It's, it's bizarre to me that in order to secure your safety and education knowledge, that you had to go into the... That you specifically had to turn to religion because, like, the rest of the system in the 70s just wasn't going to cut it. Well, yeah, and I think it was just... That's how far I got. Like, I might have gotten to a other school that wasn't Catholicized or 
Lutheran eyes or Presbyterian eyes or some kind of eyes, you yeah. know? Yeah. Jewish eyes. I almost <laughs> went to uh The Jews are great. You know, I'm it was weird to have Jewish kids in a Catholic high school. And they stood out because... Because their last name was Rosenstein? Gold. <laughs> Gold. Goldman? <laughs> Goldman. Goldman, yeah. Um, Goldman Weiss. Uh, Sachs, the fifth. Uh, yeah, so... Well, when... You know, edu- education, although it's been traditionally through religion, I, I wonder why we've sort of kept that, that... You know, you can that it, the knowledge is in the Catholic place. We'll just go there. You don't have to believe it. Just they've got the good science teachers there, or whatever. You know, they got the good football team. Go there. I think it comes down to proselytization, where if you have a religion that makes you think you're better than other people, mm. you have to try to make other people believe like you. Right, so that you can say that you're better than the other people. Eh. Yeah, well, that Remember was when Christianity. when Hare Krishnas were always in the airport? Yeah, Hare Hare, Krishna Krishna. I remember the from the movie Airplane and how they were in that, and that was so funny. I just watched, uh, They had there's a documentary called L.A. Plays Itself. Oh, because it's, L.A. is its own character in movies, sure. But they had LAX, the, the footage Beach. of that airport stuff. Sure. Yeah, Venice Excuse Beach. Excuse me, is I speak jive. Yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> I love that movie. Because there, you know, and there are, there are comedians from the 70s that were doing just groundbreaking things for, for like racism and sexism. There's a great album called God Saves the Queens and it was all about gay shit super super gay shit it's in our old archives under Friends of Mutiny's God Save the Queens and it's hilarious and amazing and you can't believe that it's like 1977 is it, is it a musical? no it's comedy or it's, it's but all stand up? yeah it's stand up and it's good I mean it's it's got it's like that hybrid kind of you know kind of stuff it makes me think I might I remember that title and uh cover with a cartoon on it ah. so I might have the LP of that well I have the the digital of it here which you all will, all will regret to hear on the flat black plastic show yeah which is right above friends of mutiny which is great we've got so many old shows on that on that website which is a lot of funny but under G for God Save the Queens. November 10th, 2014, I recorded this, and it was, it's great. So if, if anybody wants to find it, it's in the Friends of Mutiny. Uh, there's a guy who lived around the corner. I think he still does. He's an older guy, and he was interested in those times. When, when I was here in, like, 2013 and 2014, when no, we didn't the have a lot of shows. The old guy with white hair with the old dog? Uh-huh. Not with the long hair, but okay. the one with the short hair. Okay. But he would bring by... He has a bike, too. He would bring by records, and he would say, I really think this needs to be digitized. I'd really love for you to play this whenever you have open time and just make it a thing. So I started doing that, and I did a couple of them, but this was one of them, was God Save the Queens. Um, and it's just, it's an old LP. I was just here in an off time. Anyways. Which is, that's why I do my shows, because yeah. I, I, there's so much shit that you can't get digitally that's analog, and I want to push it into 
people's ear holes, heads. Yeah, you know. Well, that there's and that there's cool stuff that was. I mean, I'm amazed by some of the weird things they put on vinyl, like books. And I mean, they're just. I didn't. I think I don't even think of it as a medium, and it was like the medium for a really long time. So. Not everybody had a record, or not, oh, that could, that's great. King Tut, that's very funny. <laughs> ah, Steve Martin's hilarious. But there was, a, there was a form of entertainment that maybe not everyone had a TV, but everyone had a record player. You know, or and, an eight-track player or cassette player. And, and, the, and with the, even with the TV, they didn't have all the channels we have now. They ha- only had certain programming at certain times. It was like from six to nine on these dates. That's yeah, when remember, the TV I was. Networks signing off, right? Because they had no more programming. There was and no. Just this... go to that weird uh, test signal. Sure. With the Indian in the middle. Right, and when you had to turn the, there were no uh, remotes. You had to actually go and twist the dial around. Uh, anyways. So back in those days, but people were always using uh, vinyl and, and records, and it, it's funny that we just sort of, I don't even think of it now. as a, I do now because of Flat Black Plastic every Saturday from noon too. but other than that, I just, there's so much stuff out there, weird, weird shit that's all been recorded. I mean, and, peop- and the weird thing is when you see an LP of a, a band that you think is stupid, you think when that came out, they thought, Holy shit, we made it, man. We made a fucking record. Yeah. They pressed, the, someone spent the time to make We're a in physical winger. object. Winger. <laughs> Hell yeah, Winger. Well, that's We're a f- in Kicks with two X's. And, uh, remember, uh, not Kiss, but Rat. Rat with two T's. Yeah, early 80s. Yeah. bands, good times, good times. Ra- round and round? Round and round. <laughs> what goes around comes around. I'll tell you why. Round and round. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. I didn't know if they were girls or boys. I thought they were boys. I tried to do my hair like them, but I Welcome didn't understand. Welcome to the 80s in L.A. I didn't understand that that wasn't an attractive look for women. So Motley, Motley Crue. Oh, Motley Crue. Oh, my God. All the all the black eyeliner, too. I'm like, this is wow. That I mean, it's... They this were, is wow? They, well, they were being... <laughs> no, they were being like baby Kiss, you know, like, because Kiss was all like, we are clowns. And they were like, no, we're just taking some of this makeup thing. But then they weren't like Boy George, which was like... I'm a fag. They were like, I'm just like cool as fuck with my dick showing out of these <laughs> these, these tight pants. And then it was like David. But Lee I have and, a bunch of eyeliner and mascara, right? And, and rouge, glitter in my hair, weird sparkle hats. I mean, David Lee Roth is like Elton John. He's like the straight Elton John. <laughs> He's jumping around with his fluffy hair. Wow, weird glasses. You read Just you read you his know? autobiography Crazy from the Heat. Which one, Elton John or David, David Lee Roth? No, I haven't read. That it. was the title of his first EP. Was Crazy from the Heat? Oh my god! Where goodness. he covered the Beach Boys. Oh, I'm so high. And Just a Gigolo was a great one with it. That was heads. on that too. He had the he, and he I, did uh, California Girls. Right, right. They were really great um, videos. Those were what I remember too. It's because MTV had come out and he had, it, was, it was clever with his videos and he was he was a personable gentleman who could dance and did a hat. He had a hat thing. He like he said, get, "Get me a jelly donut and something else to go." Remember that video? 
It was at like the he used to do, he used to do little plays at the beginning and a and kind of like Cindy Lauper. Yeah. And then by the way, started. By, by the way, the sixth person I would hug as a female rock star is Cindy, Cindy Lauper. She's great. She's she, still killing it. That Kinky Boots thing. She wrote that musical. She co-wrote that musical. But it's happening right now. All everyone loves Kinky Boots. So good for good for her. And that she's old and still staying relevant. I'm sorry, I just said you're old. She's old. She's old now. She's older. I mean, Madonna's not. She's older than Madonna. But Madonna doesn't age. I think that she found that she sacrificed her soul to the devil or something. I don't know what she did. You just say Madonna doesn't age? No, she doesn't age. She's like Dick Clark. Dick Clark's dead. Well, he still looks the same as he did in 1980. <laughs> when he was alive. Yeah, when he, he was alive. Looks he looks the same as he did in 1950. 50, 80, we, 90, even what, dead now. Looks the same. What do they call it when you pull out a body from a grave? Exhumation. Because we exhumed Dick Clark. He really and looks And he does. Like he looks exactly the same. the same. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually... They, they probably took his blood out and used it as embalming fluid and inside Madonna. See, when I get high, this is the kind of shit I say. I just start slandering famous people. <laughs> well, welcome to the club. Do you believe in fame? Do you do you want fame? You do. Have you ever sought fame, or has that always been like? It's never been in your head, or it's been in your head. Maybe no. As someone who, other than other shit in his life, does visual art. When you do any visual art. There is a subconscious theme that makes you think this will equal fame in some way. All right. God, I wish I had written that down. Well, you did. I mean, it's it was just <laughs> recorded, so it's no big deal. You can easily go back and um, write it down verbatim. Well, that would be difficult for you because you don't have a computer at your house, do you? So all of this I digital- have a laptop. I have to take it to uh, a... Another location. Oh, other that has house. that has. I know I don't have internet in my house either. Uh, but all over the town, they've got it. They even have it at Benders. They have Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi's. They have the Wi-Fi. But it's it's carrying your shit around. Oh, no, I know. You know. I understand. Uh oh, that's nice. Keep dripping. <laughs> Dri- D. Drinking, keep drinking. Drinking, good. Yeah, I got the ing, but I couldn't get the r with the. I like your new lettering, and especially that it's on an old uh, PBR twelver. You can you can see the indentation. You can see the indentation. On the cord board. Yeah. No art is good. Uh, but I'm saying when you do any art, whether it's playing a record or. Writing on the sidewalk or, you know, using a Sharpie on the side of a building. Your interpretation is fame and also to bring it to a religious level, the fact that what you're doing in your life will matter after you don't live. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That was, that, was that too profound? Was that OP? No, that's pretty profound. Prof- I get an OP? Well, no, it's, that's the thing is that that's why a lot of people have children is that because that's how obviously they live on. That in the sadness of, like, they're when they die, they're still around as long as people are thinking about them and missing them. And therefore, their influence lives on past the, you know, p- p- point of ephemery. 
but if you leave artworks like yeah hopefully if I'm, I'm no longer alive and somebody reads my book at some time they go oh that Pam Benjamin she was a clever little she was but a clever also, little don't minx. You think people have kids because they want someone to wipe their ass when they can't no, I think that old. they want someone to pay someone to wipe. Nobody wants their kids to wipe their ass. They want to, their kids to pay for someone to wipe their ass. At this point, we just were just like, take care of us monetarily and we'll be fine. We don't give a fuck. I mean, I don't know. You, I'm sure that I will, I mean, I'll, I'll be, I, I just don't think about my family anymore because it doesn't help me to think about it. And so eventually there, something's going to happen and they won't be around anymore but they're not around anymore anyway so for me it's not going to feel like and that makes me a terrible person that I'm like oh, I'm not going to care but probably the same thing for them I don't think that the loss is going to be that great because we don't exist in each other's lives anyway so it's like oof fine but like if anyone in my like let's say in the mutiny or the bender circle that I knew like and I had to deal with the concept of you know them not being around anymore that would be really I don't know how I would I've never had to deal with those feelings like for people I've been around a lot who are like really my close people I've never had anybody like super close people go yet so I'm I'm a little nervous for that well and it's something you're gonna to, the one of the worst things about being old is that you realize that you have to deal with shit that you wouldn't have to deal with 10, 20, 30 years ago. Whether it's dead parents, dead friends, you know, colon cancer, whatever the right, fuck. Right, exactly. You know, you don't... Yeah. That's... It's... Be, like I said, being an old person is tough to think about all the shit that's gonna go bad right yeah but like you said why think about shit that doesn't help you yeah well, that's I mean, kind of a Buddhist theory that's I, I've trying to come to that conclusion more often that why worry about things that I have no control over and especially other people their emotions and what they decide to do with their time and their lives like I have no control over that and to be upset and you shouldn't if, want to have control right. over that. Well, and that's the thing is I used to, well, I mean, I was married for Christ's sake. So I believed that like in that whole, like, well, people are supposed to be doing things for me all the time because I'm married or whatever. My husband, he's not working hard enough for me. And there was this very, you know, not, I don't know, just that things are very different now because the only person I can handle or deal with emotion wise is me like it's not my business to try to make other people feel any specific way like I gotta do what I gotta do and if that makes them feel weird well then hopefully we can deal with it and either talk about it or maybe they just don't hang out with me because I make them feel weird and that's fine too like if you don't I mean we all make choices on who to spend our time with if people don't want to spend time with me that's fine like, well, it's like going to going to a restaurant where they fuck with you, and you just say, "Fuck you! I'm not coming to your restaurant anymore." I just get up and leave. Yeah, why would you? Like one of those restaurants where they yell at you, like the weird waitresses. They yell at you like the '50s and the diners and the stuff, and they make fun of you. I'm like, I don't want to be there. I don't like that. But you just don't go there. I think I think <laughs> sim 
simplification in life, which is one of the reasons why I don't have a cell phone or a computer. I can't believe you're still holding out. It's, I'm so impressed. Keep going. No cell phone, no computer. Uh, uh, it, it, I think simplification in life is a, a very difficult thing, which is uh, kind of like the whole oxymoron of jumbo shrimp and military intelligence. Yeah. But if you don't need to do shit, don't do that shit. Right. Well, it's the old Buddhist saying of the uh, he one man, he goes to his master and he says, you... You say that take the past path of least resistance, but what what if a horse is in the middle of the path? And the Buddhist monk looks at him and says, and you go on a different street. <laughs> what did the uh, Zen Buddhist say to the hot dog vendor? I don't... Uh, Make me one with everything. <laughs> <laughs> Can I can I re- read one Buddhist quote that I have in sure. the book by me? Yeah. Say something while I find it. Okay. Uh, well, what we're going to do with the rest of Something Call Me Tim is we're going to play Flat Black Plastic from last Saturday, August 5th, because Scotto said that he was super, super high and made it and for still high. still is. Still is. And super high for people. Very exciting. Uh, we're going to listen to that later. He's going to read some some Buddhism to enlighten your day to lighten your dharma give you some karma and uh, remember that stupid show where her name was dharma they named a girl dharma dharma and greg dharma and greg you fucking pretentious fuckballs named dharma she's a white girl tia leone remember her she's married to david duchovny i think a little jealous I don't know why I know so much about stars. I don't have I don't have internet at my house either. I'm not looking any of this up. I'm really not watching TV. Why do I know about what's going on? How do they bring it and put it in my head? What is the mechanism there? Is it like alien overlords impregnating my brain with weird capitalistic endeavors? He's finding it. Uh, it's like you're. It's almost like looking at over the corner of an, a notebook of one of the people that's like uh, has different. Personalities and they write in different ways. Retarded? No, no, like schizophrenic. You know the people that have. It's like each of your different. You write in so many different ways that it could be like, well, that's not Scott, that's Charles, and this is Nancy's writing over here. I'm a Gemini. I'm writing for two. He's writing for two. Uh, But there are. There's a lot. He he, different pens, different thicknesses, different styles. He's even written on himself, folks. Okay, here we go. Here we go. This is the truth. From my mind and the history of multiple minds that still exist and have existed for thousands of years. When positive or joyous feelings or attitudes pass through each organ and circulate through our whole system... Our physical and chemical energies are transforms, transformed and balanced. Sweet. Happiness is the key. That's what I'm saying. That's what you're saying. That's what everybody's saying. And it's easy. It's fucking Happy. easy. Yeah, well, Carlos. Freezy. 
Carlos Castaneda says that it's the uh, it's the same energy to be happy or sad, angry or depressed. It's the same amount of energy. It's just your perspective. So you can you can be very happy. <laughs> it's just, it's the same amount of energy. It's just perspective. Watching uh, Sid and Nancy yesterday, it made me think about that. Uh, yeah, there's heroin. <laughs> yeah. Public image. <coughs> Pub, pub, public image record mm. where uh, John Lydon just keeps repeating anger is an energy anger is an energy and you just think can I'm so high I know I said this probably 10 times in the past 24 hours to you but why can't happiness be as much of an energy as anger? It can be. But people look at you funny when you're happy all the time. They're like, what's wrong with you? Because happiness you happy? to me, I think happiness means stupidity to a lot of people. Well, and, you know, there's something to be said for the niceness of... Uh, down, people with Down syndrome are really sweet fucking people. They're like really, really nice. But when I was at uh, Pancho Villa... There was a Down syndrome guy who busted the tables there. Oh. And I brought my own plate up and put it in the thing. And he was just standing next to the whole system that has all the empty shit. And he goes, I'm right here. <laughs> and you just feel like, so do I have to apologize to you because... You're differently able than me. Do I have to apologize to you because I was trying to do the right thing and I didn't recognize you as someone who is supposed to do the shit I just did? Do I tip less because you had to yell at me? You know? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I just give him the stink eye and walk out and go, retard. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Only the only the Pam in, in a Disney movie would do that. I would never. I don't know. I would just ignore. I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. That's how I, that's how I react to everything with an that's empty apology. Empty apologies work really, really path well. Path of least resistance, yeah. like you said. Empty apologies. I love them. Yeah, path of least resistance. I, I, uh, I don't have time to fight evil. I only have time to do good. That's another one of my adages. What is that quote from? Just me. <laughs> I don't have time to. I, just because people, there there have been times in my life where people have gone out of their way to persecute me in some way, and it's like, really, dude, I'm like a really nice person, but I just kind of, I've, I've, people have always asked me like, when are you going to retaliate? How are you going to retaliate? And I'm like, well, I'm not because that's just a bunch of wasted energy. Why would I retaliate? Like, that's just going to make me look bad. I retaliate by not retaliating. Yeah, I retaliate <laughs> by being like, fuck it, whatever. You're going to persecute me? Can someone else give me some money or whatever? I mean. I just don't have time for it, so I try not to let it affect me. <coughs> well, well, that's all good. That's gonna. I think that's about it. I've got a cough today, so it's it's been rough to talk, but this has been a lot of fun. I always enjoy talking with you, Scotto. Everybody, you're gonna listen to Flat Black Plastic right now. From and if you don't, God will punish you. Absolutely. God's and, immunity and radio. Satan, Satan will adopt you as his child. Which will be nice, actually. That wouldn't be... He's, he has a lot of... I mean, Satan's kid. I've seen little Nikki. That didn't look so bad. 
No. Every Adam Sandler movie is bad except for the Paul Thomas Anderson one. Oh, Punch Drunk Love, which is so weird. And good. And good, but weird. It's the only dramatic role he's done. Yes, but they still call it a comedy. Isn't that funny? Because he just acts so weird. What has he done lately? He's been producing stuff. Oh, he just did a thing for Netflix. He did Sandy Wexler. It was really bad. He basically wanted... It's got sand in the the first four letters of the title. He had a bunch of really great cameos, but it was terrible. And he just did it to do a stupid voice that didn't work. He's a douche right now. But, you know, he just made made a deal with Netflix. It was like, $90 million over nine social. They made like a big, huge, big, big deal. So he's locked into Netflix for a while. So everything he's doing There's is There's worse be things to be locked into. No, absolutely. He's, I, I mean. Because I've been in a closet that I was locked into for a long time. And Adam Sandler was in the closet. What are you looking at, Swan? <laughs> Okay, we're going to listen to some flat black plastic, and we'll be back. Hey, everybody, join us for the Noise Pop Block Party on the 19th. Please come to Dirtbags of Comedy this Friday, the 11th at Pamtastics, and uh, we'll see you later here on Mutiny Late Radio. Oh, listen to flat black plastic every Saturday from noon to 2 and download all of them. Because God will kill you if you don't. Yeah, kittens. You're going to die because you were born. You're going to die. Okay, enjoy flat black plastic.
and money Dad, get me out of this
you may call the first case of the day. State versus Horwinkle. State versus Horwinkle. Leslie Horwinkle, please step to the docket. Are you Leslie Horwinkle? If I wasn't Leslie Horwinkle, I wouldn't be here now, would I? Just sit down over there, Horwinkle. Just <laughs> my ass. Judge, this is uh, case 148, People versus Horwinkle. That's the one I talked about yesterday. What the hell are you staring at, you <laughs> goddamn fascist pig? Be quiet, Horwinkle. Have you ever seen a criminal before? Mr. Horwinkle. All right, let's go read the charge. Get my ass, you <laughs> 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 <Help> me. <laughs> Leslie Horwinkle, you are charged on the night of September 14th at approximately 8 p.m. You did willfully, with malice of forethought, sexually assault a 16-year-old girl. How do you plead? I plead insanity. Insanity? That's right, insanity. I'm just crazy about that stuff. Mr. Horwinkle, this has not been the first time you have appeared before this court on such a charge, and we must make sure that you do not appear here again. Bailiff, whack his pee-pee. Okay, let's cover the next case, please. State versus Stoner. State versus Stoner. Are you counsel for Stoner? Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right, all right, all right, listen, listen, just, just sit over there, and I'll, I'll do the talking, okay? Just be quiet. Oh, man, relax, man. You know, it's cool, man. All right, all right. got this sucker in bag. Okay, now listen, I'll do the talking. When I call on you to come up, don't forget what you have to say, okay? Oh, uh, yeah, man. Okay. Hey, man, it's cool, Just, just man. sit down there. I'll, yeah. I'll, do, I'll do the talking. Yeah, man, go on. You know, do your trip. Okay, now just be quiet. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, your honor, now, it, it might seem suspicious that my client had in his possession at the time of his arrest 24 pounds of marijuana, 5,000 LSD capsules, and a gallon of ripple wine. To, to the layman on the street, this may seem suspicious. However, there is an excuse, Your Honor. There is an explanation. It seems that my client had merely found these drugs, and he was on his way to the police department to turn them in at the time of his arrest. Now, we're not saying that my client is an angel. We admit openly that on two occasions he has smoked marijuana. And on one occasion taken LSD, uh, of course, under the clinical supervision of a doctor. Now, what we want you to do tonight is to look inside your hearts, to examine your own consciences, and remember this, judge not and ye shall not be judged. Now as a true sign of repentance, I like to have my client step forward and say just a very few words in his own behalf at this time. Cats, man, call you a pig, you know what I mean? Not really, man. Like, you know, I'm neck, man. Oh, that's heavy, man. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, man. 
Hey, your honor, man. Oh, yeah. Hey, your honor, man. Now, Dave, man, like I know a lot of cats, man, call you a pig, you know what I mean? Not really, man, like, you know, but I ain't like that, man, you dig, because I dig pigs, man. <laughs> Not really, man, you see, my old lady's a pig, you understand? Hey, yeah, listen, man, like my man here says now, you dig, I've only tried marijuana, man, like, uh, uh, 22 times, man. <laughs> Uh, twice, man. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, man. And I only did acid, man. Uh, ten times, no, man. No, once. Yeah. No, once, man. <laughs> yeah, really, man. Hey, no, listen, man. I dig. I know, man, where that drug trip leads, man. Like, I know it's really a drag, man. You know, because I... You know, like, I really can dig that you can get hung up, man, you know. And you get hung up, man, you know. You just go through some, man, you know what I mean, man. Like, I told you. you far out, man, you know what I mean? Like, it's a heavy, far out thing, man. And you <laughs> really get involved, man, you know what I mean? Like, this well, man, once you get uh, uh, What I think my client is gone, trying to say at this I mean? time, Your Honor, is that you know, like he, he has transcended really the drug gone, experience. <laughs> yes, that's it. Get... He has gone beyond that. He needs no now, crutches on, to man. face society. Hold on, I'll take it from there. I'll take it. He needs no crutches to face society every scared? morning as a useful producing now, citizen. Hold on, man. I'm talking to the cat, man. Talking to the cat, man. You just shut up, man. You understand? Now just shut up, man, or you're going to board for me. Hey, folks, you're listening to KDHY in Los Angeles. Oh, sorry, Uni Radio. This is Flat Black Plastic.
Rita.
Bears. Childhood in an Ohio steel mill town. The orange bears with soft, friendly eyes played with me when I was a kid. Christ, before I left home, they'd had their paws smashed in the road. Their backs seared by hot slag. Their soft, trusting bellies kicked in. Their tongues ripped out and I went down to the woods to the smelly creek with Whitman in the Haldeman and Julius edition. I just sat there worrying my thumbnail into the color. What did you know about orange bears with their coats all stuck up with soft coats? Swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. 
They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> 